0: You are locked on magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 30th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're gonna talk a little bit about the NBA Finals as game one takes place on Thursday. So I'll preview the series, give you my thoughts on what I think is gonna happen because you know, while we do like to talk about the magic, there is the bigger picture of the NBA at play here. So we'll talk, we'll recap the finals games here on the podcast and talk a little bit about the about the finals on this show because we can't ignore the point of this whole thing, and that is actually crowning an NBA champion. We'll also talk a little bit about the Magic's upcoming offseason and what their books look like heading into the summer as, of course, it is a big moment for the Orlando Magic uh, with with a lot of key free agents and not a lot of money to work with. I'll, I'll detail where the Magic stand as far as the salary cap goes here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here on Locked On Magic. I cannot possibly cover the Raptors as well as Sean Woodley does with Locked On Raptors. I cannot possibly cover the Warriors like they do on Locked On Warriors. And so I highly suggest, as the NBA Finals continue, to check out those podcasts to get the on the ground team based view of these teams. No one covers these teams better than those two guys. Check them out Locked On Raptors, Locked On Warriors. Also, check out the national podcast, Locked On NBA, as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball as well. You can find all these podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, whether it's NBA, NFL, college, or MLB. You can find them all on iTunes or on the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is a free, super easy-to-use app that really aggregates every podcast, a lot of the more popular podcasts out there, and delivers them directly to you. Not only do they deliver them to you, they curate them for you. The Himalaya creates personally curated playlists made just for you by their expert podcast tastemakers. They create themed collections of shows to help with their podcast to help with podcast discovery and you can find everything from comedy to mystery to thrillers to sports all on the Himalaya app. Listeners can also follow their favorite shows and creators. Check out the Himalaya app today. It is the home of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is also brought to you in part by hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip. Book your own with hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. The Orlando Magic, uh, when Jeff Whitman took over the Orlando Magic, the Magic were stuck in cap hell, to to say the least. Um, There's really no other way to describe it. During that big summer, uh, I think it was 2016, the Magic spent, they spent a lot, and they obviously didn't quite get the return they were expecting. There was the $17 million spent on Evan Fournier, which until this year felt okay, didn't feel heavy. There was the $17 million spent on Bismack Biyombo, the $7.5 million spent on DJ Augustine, the, what was it, 15 I think, spent on Jeff Green. All in all, the Magic spent a lot of money and didn't get a lot of return. And as time went on, those contracts, or most of those contracts, sat kind of weighing the team down. Jeff Waltman couldn't really dig his hands into the roster yet because he didn't have the flexibility or maneuverability to make major changes. The Magic were kind of stuck with who they had and the direction they were headed. And that was true even in Weltman's first summer as it was last summer. Orlando was right up against the cap and probably not really in a position to spend a lot of money anywhere, to get the kind of player impact players without overspending anyway. So Weltman had to be patient. And even now that the Magic have made the playoffs, they're still not quite ready to play the free agency game, and it's looking like 2020 um, is kind of the first time that they will have that kind of cap room. But it's not so simple as that. No one here is going to sit here and say that the Orlando Magic are, are, are clearly on a championship trajectory. I don't think I don't think we're quite there yet with with what we've seen. And in fact, I think most of us would say, while well, the Magic did make the playoffs in 2019, even if they brought the whole team back. There is no guarantee that they would take that next step and get back to the playoffs in 2020. As as I think I told someone on Twitter, as as we were talking about the draft a little bit, and and some people want, and we'll talk more about the draft later. We got about a month. We got a little bit more, less than a month to go before that. A a lot of people are, are thinking you know, go after some of these high-risk, high-reward guys like, a, like a, a Romeo Langford or, or Kevin Porter Jr. and Nasir Little. And I, I think I responded, you know, the reason why I prefer a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker or even somewhat Tyler Hero is because no one is reserving the Magic spot. The Magic are going to have to fight just as hard to make the playoffs in 2020 as they did in 2019. And, and what they do here in the off season is going to play a major role. It's no secret that the magic's best player is an unrestricted free agent. It's also no secret that there's a div- there is a divide and, and there's there's fair debate about whether the magic should even bring him back, whether future considerations should take over for should take over for the short-term success of making the playoffs. And, and like I've always said, the Magic are not going to sacrifice their long-term success for a short-term game. They want to make the playoffs. They want to put together a team that will make the playoffs. But they're not about to throw everything away for it. And that's, to me, the approach they should take. But undoubtedly, everything the Magic do this offseason revolves around that decision. Everything the Orlando Magic do in the offseason depends on what they first do with Nikola Vucevic. The difference between having enough cap room to go after a starter caliber player and not having that room is quite simply re-signing their main players, re-signing Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross. And it is because, like I said, there is a weight around the Orlando Magic. When you break down the books... When you break down the books, the Orlando Magic currently have $83.8 million in guaranteed salary for next season. Before we even get to free agency, before we deal with Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross, the draft pick, and everything else, the Magic are already paying out $83.8 million in salary next year, guaranteed. Aaron Gordon is due to make $19.9 million. Evan Fournier due to make 17. million. Timothy Mozgov due to make $16.7 million. Yeah, he's still on the roster. That accounts for $53.6 million alone. $53.6 million committed to three players. 64% of their committed salary is going to those three players. Two of them are starters. One of them, sorry Timofey, deadweight contract. Maybe Timothy Mozgov can play next year. Who knows? The salary cap for the 2020 season, the, way, the, the number that, that most people are operating under, is at $109 million. If you haven't taken out your pen and paper, please do so now. The salary cap will be at $109 million. So before we even get to free agents, to adding new players to the roster, or to retaining players on the roster, to even the draft pick, the Magic will have roughly $25.2 million in cap room. $25.2 million in cap room if they just renounce all their free agents, don't take on the draft pick, and operate. They don't have max cap space. They they can get there. I'll explain how in a minute, but they are essentially operating as an over-the-cap team. Now, you're probably saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just said they have $25.2 million in cap room to spend, or $25.2 million in cap room without adding any new players that, that should be enough to get to get guys and you know I've heard of this thing called bird rights and 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 the magic can go over the cap to re-sign Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross if if they so need to and and you know your your instinct is right there but in order to take advantage of those Orlando has to maintain what's called a cap hold we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the CBA here in a little bit and the cap machinations. And, and the, this is the basics. This is 101. If you have any questions, the CBA FAQ, which is put together by Larry Kuhn, is a fantastic resource. I use it. I, I know, I understand and know that even NBA executives use it. So check it out. cbafaq.com answers all of the questions you would ever have about the NBA collective bargaining agreement and how the salary cap works and how player acquisitions work. But essentially... A cap hold is sort of a placeholder for free agents. You can't just simply go over the cap to re-sign your own free agents. You can. But the way the cap works is you have to hold their spot. And essentially, it's I think 110 or 120% of their final year salary is kept on your books so that you have to deal with re-signing your own free agents first. So that $25.2 million in cap room is gonna get eaten up pretty quickly. Nikola Vucevic's cap hold, he was paid twelve point seven twelve point three million dollars this year is nineteen point one million dollars. Terrence Ross's cap hold, he was paid ten million dollars this year, was at fifteen point eight is at fifteen point eight million dollars. Add in Ken Birch's cap hold at $1.6 million if the Magic want to retain his restricted free agency rights or, or make a qualifying offer to him, which I suspect they will. You can always rescind that. And the $2.2 million owed to the 16th pick. And Orlando has $36.5 million in cap holds. Yes, $36.5 million, if you're doing the math, is greater than $25.2 million. Thus, the Magic are operating as an over-the-cap team this summer. Now, important to note here. Two things important to note. First, I expect Nikola Vucevic to make more than $19 million per year. So re-signing him, well, you know, the Magic may agree to a contract with Nikola Vucevic, but they will likely re-sign him last. He will probably be the last move that they make in free, or in free agency or any major moves they make, because they'd rather have the 19 million sitting on their books than the 20 million sitting on their books uh, when they make their move, so they may agree to a deal with Nikola Vucevic, but the announcement may take a little while because because that stuff matters. But I do expect Nikola Vucevic to make more than that cap hold. Terence Ross is probably going to come in at about that amount, so it wouldn't surprise me if if that's the amount that he that he comes in at around 15 million. So. You know, the Magic might sign Terrence Ross fairly quickly if, if that's what they want to do to, to lower that cap hold amount. Because once, once you sign a player, their actual salary becomes what's on your books rather than the cap hold. That's how it works. But you can already see that that, that Orlando gets up to that salary cap marker, marker very, very quickly. And that's what's constraining their ability to make moves. That's what's constraining their their actions this offseason. They can't go out and offer a player $20 million, a $20 million contract because they have to deal with Nikola Vucevic first. They have to deal with Terrence Ross first. They have to create that room somehow. Because right now it's all eaten up by these guys. If Nikola Vucevic walks in free agency, that $19 million goes off the books. And so all of a sudden you're, 36.5 million dollars in cap holds becomes what 17.4 million in cap holds? And so now you have roughly eight million in room. Which probably doesn't help you a ton. Because should the magic resign Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross, then Orlando Pretty much only has the taxpayer mid-level, uh, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception to spend, which is going to be at roughly eight million dollars. So the cost then of running this roster back uh, of signing Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross is not only that you're bringing back the same players and, and, and tying them up in long-term deals, perhaps which has trickle effects throughout the roster, and trickle effects, of course, to 2020, where the Magic are expected to have a little bit of room and a little bit of money to spend. It, it also means you can't go out and add any new players. Essentially, the Magic would be relying wholly on internal development to take the next step from 7-seed to 6-5-seed with a chance to win a playoff series. Perhaps that's a risk they're willing to take. You know, Markel Fultz is still a great unknown. Um, uh, You know, Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac certainly could take another leap. And and of course, you're relying on Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross matching career seasons. You can see why people are, are a little hesitant to do this. But regardless of that, if the Magic do let Vucevic walk, then they'll have a little bit of money to spend to go out and find a replacement. Roughly $8 to $9 million, and it, and it could be a little bit more. If Terrence Ross also walks, then they get that full about $25 million in room, because, again, Terrence Ross has, about 50, has a $16 million cap hold. Then they get that full room, a little bit more than $20 million, where they could go out and spend and get a quality free agent to replace those guys. In fact, it, it might be arguable that it is better for the Magic to lose both Vucevic and Ross than just to keep one might be arguable. I, I would argue I, I would rank it probably as retain Vuce, and that's that's my opinion. But it, it, I would probably put it as retain only Ross as perhaps the worst possible outcome for the Magic. Not not for playing reasons, but for cap management purposes, as far as acquiring new players um and then and, and then of course keeping uh, you know letting both go I think would be a little bit advantageous over just keeping one over the other so definitely some things to consider here there is however one wild card that could change a lot of things for the Orlando Magic there is at least one wild card that could give the magic a little bit more flexibility when it comes to the salary cap and I'll explain that here in just a moment because I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in a couple of weeks. But I want to I wanna make this point as well. But before I do that, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors. Thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Magic. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea or just a great gift in general, Untuck It shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the town on the weekend. Untuckit shirts are require no tucking or tailoring at all. They're a nice, comfortable, button-down shirt that looks good, makes you feel confident, and can be worn kind of casually. Go to untuckit.com and enter promo code NBA to get 20% off today. That's untuckit.com, promo code NBA for 20% off today.
1: The Orlando Magic, though, do have the capability of
2: creating max cap space. I want to make this clear. They, there, there is a rumor out there uh, from Steve Kyler, that, that uh, Basketball Insiders, that the Orlando Magic would be interested in meeting with Kemba Walker. Um, he's expected, you know, he, the, the Charlotte Hornets can offer him a super max if they so choose. Uh, and he's expected to take offers uh, from, from other places. And it was interesting to hear the Magic's name in there because the Magic would have to do some serious work to get to the number to acquire Kemba Walker, who's probably a max player. I would, I would venture to guess that Kemba Walker is a max player, will get a max contract. So how do the Magic get to that number? Number one, obviously, that $25 million number I said, they probably have to renounce all their rights to every free agent that they have on their books. Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross, uh, Ken Birch, all of them. Um, and of course, that's relatively easy to do. You can offer a a, a qualifying offer to Ken Birch, rescind it, and then put it offered back again as well. It's very, very easy to do. Same thing with cap holds. You can renounce cap holds, unrenounce them. Very, very easy to do. It's done all the time. In fact, you won't, you know, while the Magic do have these cap holds on their books, they, they can operate like they have $25 million in room. If they want to go out and sign a player to a 20, million-dollar contract or a $15 million contract, they can do that. But if they go over that cap, they lose the right to go over the cap to re-sign their own free agents. That's all the capital does. It's a placeholder. You can get rid of it if you need to get rid of it. And I, again, you don't do that unless you have to, but it's it's there. But the Magic have another tool at their disposal. It's going to be really interesting to see how they use this. And I think this is going to be one of the more intriguing questions of the offseason. Back after the previous lockout in 2012, the NBA put a clause in the collective bargaining agreement that allows for teams to waive players and stretch the remaining amounts of their salary against the cap over a set period of time. There's actually two times the remaining years plus one. And it's a tool that hasn't been used particularly often yet. Uh, the Magic have actually used it on C.J. Watson. They stretched the, the last year of his contract, so he still counts against their books for about $333,000. Uh, I think it's $333,333. $333. And Timothy Mozgov is, is really a ripe candidate to be stretched. If the Magic do have a free agent they want to get, and they need a little bit of extra room, Timothy Mozgov's contract is about as stretchable as it can be. And a lot of people do expect the Magic to stretch Timofey Mozgov's contract. I'm not 100% sold, but I think it'll depend on who they're trying to get. So the Magic do have $25 million in cap room if they renounce all their free agents. Vucevic, Ross, Birch, all of them. Lowers to about 23 thanks to the draft pick. But, but, If the Magic decide to stretch Timothy Mozgov, they can free up significantly more room, or at least appreciably significant enough room. Mozgov is owed $16.7 million this year, the final year of his contract. To stretch that, you would divide 16.7 over three, because one year left, times two, plus one. And so the Magic then would have Uh, uh $5.6 million responsible in their books. That frees up about $12 million of extra room. So all of a sudden, if you stretch Timothy Mosgov, you renounce all your free agents, the Magic now have $37 million in cap room. That is enough to sign a max free agent at 20 million, at you know, 21, 22 million, plus have some money left over to go after some more free agents to bolster depth. It's at least plausible the Magic could do this. It's an avenue they have ahead of them. Something they, they could certainly pursue. And so, again, all this stuff is theoretical. You know, like, like You don't have to make the decision until a player is ready to sign on the dotted line. If Kemba Walker says, I will play for the Orlando Magic for $25 million a year, Orlando sets the contract up. They stretch Timothy Mozgov. They, you know, send notice to the league. They're renouncing these rights. They sign Campbell Walker on the dotted line. And that's it. Now you're locked in. Now, at that point, you're locked in to all these machinations. So Orlando can create a pretty significant amount of cap room. Again, rough, it, could, it could be up toward $37 million in room. I mean, even with that, you know, let's say you know you take out 19. That's 16 million dollars in room that you can have if you know you you keep Vucevic and his rights. You try and you know you let Ross go. You know, 16. You know that that's that's pretty significant. 16 million you can get a starter quality player at about 12, 13 million dollars a year. And so you do that. You sign that player first, then you sign Vuce. You know you're you're over the cap, but you're, you know you you you've, you've hopefully improved your team. So there are avenues for the Magic to make things work to, to get Vucevic and, and to and to kind of keep the team going. And this Mozgov decision is a big one. At this point, it's still early to say exactly what's going to happen. It's still early to say that oh the Magic will go down this path or they'll do this or that. All that we know it are the tools that are in front of them. That they can, they can do this. They can, they can go down this path. They can have the money to, to make a significant splash. If they so choose. If the right player comes along. But for me, I still think the Magic take kind of a, a safer route the more I think about it, now that I've kind of talked it out loud, it does make some sense to to, to stretch Mazgov out. Even though it'll hurt you in, say, 2020 or 2021. It's certainly possible. But it would help the Magic a lot get better and kind of maintain their place, which which, you know, I do think is important. They can't... I do somewhat expect the Magic to take a little bit of a step back this year, but it's important to stay in that playoff race, to stay in that playoff conversation and keep up the growth and and maintain sort of the standard that you have. And if you have to stretch Mozgov to add that player to do it, you do it. Jeff Weltman, his big task now is, his big task now is To explore every avenue of free agency. To find players that can help the team get better and then figure out a way to add those players onto the roster with everything else that they want to accomplish. Certainly possible that he can do that and he has several avenues to do that now. If that player doesn't come around, if if it just doesn't work out, he can sit tight again. That may not make Magic fans very happy, but... Certainly something that is on the table. The Magic aren't expected to be players in free agency. And I personally think it's a little soon to to do that in free agency. I think it's a little soon to, to be big players in free agency. I think trades, honestly, are still the better, are still probably the more likely way this team builds. But... If that opportunity comes around, if the free if a free agent comes to Orlando and says, I'm interested in being here, or, or the Magic say, I we're interested in bring you here, and there's mutual interest, the Magic can make moves to bring that player in. It's it's going to be an interesting summer for the Orlando Magic because they have big free agents that they have to deal with themselves. But they also are a team that that could play into some decision making in this big free agent summer. And they have the mobility and nimbleness to possibly get it done. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked
0: On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time.
2: Before we move on to the NBA Finals, uh, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Grip6, ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap. It's a great Father's Day gift uh, for anyone in your family, not even just Father's Day, just a great gift in general. I wear a Grip6 belt. It goes with everything. I wear it with jeans. I wear it with khakis. I wear it to work. I wear it, you know, whenever I need a belt to wear. It is the perfect belt. It's sleek. It's comfortable. Um, You can tighten it when you need to. When you eat a little bit too much, you can loosen it when you need to. Um, And the best part is there's really no holes. There's nothing sticking or poking out or prodding you or or doing any of that stuff. The Grip6 belt is extremely easy to use. It's extremely stylish. It's extremely comfortable and it's extremely versatile. Check out Grip6 today. Go to Grip6 .grip6, uh, uh, today because we have a special offer for you. Check out Grip6.com slash lock. That's L-O-C-K-E. Grip6.com slash lock for your special offer today. Tonight is Game 1 of the NBA Finals between the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. And, and you know, I have a few thoughts, uh, bigger thoughts, about the series in general, which, which I'll kind of share as, as the series goes on. But one thing that, that, that strikes me about this series, um, you know, there are two teams that the Magic played particularly well, honestly. Um, the Magic nearly swept the Golden State Warriors this year. Uh, took Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson going crazy at Oracle, uh, in the fourth quarter to deliver Golden State that win. And honestly, it took Aaron Gordon getting hurt in that game for Golden State to win. To win, I think Gordon got hurt when the Magic were up by like 16 or 17. Uh, and Golden State came back to win that game because Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson are really good at basketball. Of course, the Magic lost in the first round of the Toronto Raptors, played them well in the regular season, but uh, the regular season ain't the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's 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 going to be a fun series. You know, I'm, I'm someone that... I think Toronto can push Golden State a little bit. Um, you know, I don't think Golden State is the, an unstoppable juggernaut. Um, at least not as much as they have been in the past. They're still very, very good and still the favorites to win the series. But there are a few keys and a few things that, that I'm watching that I think are going to be really important as this series develops and evolves. Um, you know, first... Toronto has the most questions I think you have to, you have to ask about them. Um, Golden State's the clear favorite in my opinion because there's a lot more uncertainty about what you're going to get from Toronto. Um, Toronto absolutely 100% needs Pascal Siakam to play like he did against Orlando. In fact, it's been a little frustrating watching Siakam play since that Magic series because he was so good against Orlando. He looked like the second coming of something. I don't know of what, but he was so good against the Magic. And he just hasn't been that great. He's been good. But hasn't been that great since in the series against Philadelphia or Milwaukee. Kawhi Leonard needs help. It's very apparent that Toronto's strategy has kind of been keep the game close and let Kawhi finish. And I don't think that's a strategy that's going to work against Golden State. Golden State's going to make clutch shots, going to make big shots in a way that neither Philadelphia nor Milwaukee have been able to or were able to. And so I think that I think that that that's what's going to make this series really interesting. Is Where's Kawhi going to get the help? Is it going to come from Pascal Siakam like it should? Is it going to come from Kyle Lowry who's, who's str- who has struggled this year but is a big point guard and could give Steph, Stephen Curry a little bit of issue or he could put, put Curry on the post a little bit. Is it going to come from Danny Green? Is he going to wake up from his funk? Is it going to come from Marc Gasol? Toronto's been struggling to find help, and that's why they've had such an up-and-down playoffs. Against Orlando, they got all the help they needed. Game six against Milwaukee, Fred Van Vliet stepped up big. Serge Ibaka stepped up big. They were able to get help for Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard was then able to take them home at the end. And he will. Kawhi Leonard will more likely than not take them home at the end. But, this series is still going to come down to who's going to support Kawhi Leonard. Because Steph Curry's going to have his games. Klay Thompson's going to have his games. Golden State's going to have that consistent attack. But Golden State has to be careful themselves. I think one of the big keys in this series is, is going to be turnovers. I mean, Steve Clifford said it time and time again. That that the one thing orlando could not afford to do in that playoff series was turn the ball over they could not afford to give toronto free baskets because essentially toronto builds a lot of its builds a lot of its offense in transition they're not a like fast paced team they don't play at a fast pace but when they force turnovers they get out in transition and they beat you in secondary breaks they beat you in transition before you can get your defense set I will still argue, and I don't have the numbers to back this up, and I'm sure I could find them somewhere, that Orlando's defense, when they were able to get set after a made basket or, or, or not a turnover, that the, when the Magic were able to get their defense set, their defense was as good as it was in the regular season. Maybe maybe a little bit worse. because Kawhi Leonard was, was playing at a different level, but I, think Orla- I didn't think Orlando played particularly bad defense that entire series. They were caught up in turnovers and missed shots. And if Golden State has one weakness, no matter who they're, who's playing or, or what their style is, if Toronto has one weakness, or Golden State has one weakness, it is their turnovers. They get sloppy with the ball. Um, they will turn it over a lot, a lot more than an elite team should, honestly. They're able to get away with it because their margin for error is so wide, but they will turn it over. And that's something that Toronto can take advantage of. I am curious too how Marcus Gasol stays on the floor in this series uh, with with Golden State being able to go small. Um, you know, if he can, he'll, he'll dominate Kevon Looney or or whoever's guarding him in the post. Uh, and if Golden State goes small, uh, Gasol probably can't be out there. So I think Serge Ibaka is going to be really big in this series. If Serge Ibaka has a good series, if he looks like Oklahoma City, Serge Ibaka, honestly, which I don't think he can get back to that level, but he just needs to do it for a few games. If he can get to that level, goal, Toronto has a real chance to win this series. Um, they're going to need Ibaka's versatility a little bit more than what Gasol gives, because if Gasol's hanging back, they're toast. I think this is going to be a really interesting series. I, I really do. And, and I think that that Toronto can hold its own against Golden State. But I don't think they have enough. Like I said, most of my questions about this series are about Toronto and what Toronto's going to give. I'm pretty confident I know what Golden State's going to give every night. And while I think Toronto's length will give Golden State some trouble and some issues, um, I don't think Toronto is going to be able to score as much on Golden State. And you can't rely on Kawhi Leonard to score 40 a night. That's just not sustainable. And so... I have Golden State winning the series in six. And I, I'll call it a soft six. It's going to be five or six games. But I think Toronto's going to make it very tough on Golden State. And honestly, it, I wouldn't be so surprised if Toronto wins, especially if Durant comes back, because I think there's going to be a, a curve when Durant comes back. But I think Golden State is the overwhelming favorite to win this series, as, as they should be probably. And I think Golden State's going to win this series in six. I'll give them the six. Um, but it's going to be five or six. Game one, of course, is Thursday night, tonight, at 9 o'clock on on ABC. Be sure to check that out. We'll talk a little bit about game one here on the podcast uh, tomorrow. You can, of course, follow Locked On Raptors and Locked On Warriors for more on that as well, as well as Locked On NBA. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast and listening device, as well as on the Himalaya app. Remember, you can download podcasts straight to your device, personally curated by Himalaya's expert podcast matchmakers. I don't know what they call them, but they should call them podcast matchmakers. Um, you can find all those podcasts, that you can find all the Lockdown podcasts there, plus plenty more have, have suggestions delivered directly to you, create playlists as well, all on the Himalaya app, the home of the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.